0: Welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast. Nolan, we are back. We do not have a bizarre sci-fi movie this time. No. We we do it more into the realm of reality. Not a noir movie. The realm of reality. Somewhat. I mean, I'm trying to figure out if this movie is a biopic or an adaptation. Because it's a bit of both. Because this movie we're talking about today is the film adaptation of a stage play that's about the creator of the stage play's younger life. So is it a is it is it is it a biopic adaptation? It's a very uniquely produced movie.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen sense. a biopic in this sense where like the guy who's the biopic is about is like involved in it. Yes, it's
0: uh It's a fun one. It's a fun one that we have in store today, because on today's episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast, we are celebrating Ruth Gordon, seemingly the great actress and producer and creative that Ruth Gordon was, and talking about 1953's The Actress,
1: which is, not to be confused with The Artist, the black and white movie from 2011. Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, this movie is
0: the movie version of a stage play called, is it My Younger Years or something like that that it's called, that Ruth Gordon produced, basically, about herself mm-hmm. and how she became an actor. or how she became an actress, how she uh, had battles with her father to follow her dream and become an actress. And that's what this movie's about. In that sense, it's quite a sweet little movie, Nolan. I'm wondering what caught
1: your attention of this one and
0: why you chose to
1: do it. I was on a biopic kind of uh, hike. I just saw the Elvis movie and I thought, have we really talked about any biopics on the show? Like from that time, because biopics seem like a relatively new thing. It's a good question. I I can't,
0: off the top of my head, I can't actually think of too many straight up biopics that aren't like historical biopics. You know, like your Kings and your,
1: you know, Julius Caesar and what have you. What is your feeling on biopics as a film genre? Because people tend to be very one way or the other about it. Well I look I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not an
0: enormous biopic fan but I do like a lot of them that I have seen I think music biopics are always quite fun and uh except this this Elvis one which I haven't seen and I refuse to see and I refuse to see for one reason and one reason only Nolan do you know what that is
1: you're a big Elvis Presley fan
0: well, I am a fan of Elvis, admittedly, yes, but no, it's Austin Butler's face. That's why I'm not going to see the movie.
1: Austin Butler's face.
0: Yeah, because his face just annoys me. Has he and... become like
1: the new Timothy Chalamet for you? Well, Timothy Chalamet was
0: never an annoying actor to me. I always liked Timothy Chalamet. He just looks like a Dorito.
1: Yes, well, you should be happy to know that Timothy Chalamet is playing Bob Dylan in a biopic that's coming out, I think, next year. I, 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 yes, okay. Do we really need another Bob Dylan
0: biopic, but also he does kind of look like Bob Dylan.
1: Mm-hmm. I think because the other one we've got this year is uh, Whitney Houston's one. Has Whitney Houston got one? this
0: year? Yeah, she's got
1: one coming out in Christmas time, so definitely going to be going for the Oscars, I reckon. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, they always tend to
0: to be fair, don't they, music biopics. But generally, music biopics are quite fun because well, most of the good ones incorporate the songs of that particular individual very well. Um I don't know if Elvis necessarily does that, but I don't I don't seek out biopics a great
1: deal to be honest with you. So I like that you've been on a bit of a kick of them. Yeah. You you ever seen any like actor ones? Like I think there's been two about James Dean that have been made. One where James Franco played him and one where Dane DeHaan played him.
0: I have seen Both Harry Osborn
1: actors played James Dean. Which tells me James Dean would have likely played Harry Osborn if Spider-Man existed in the 60s. What uh,
0: what an interesting idea.
1: Or hell, did it in the 80s? He could have played Norman Osborn. But Nolan, um, James Dean
0: died dead. a long time ago in the midst of the so did
1: Norman Osborne. He died. So did Norman Osborne.
0: Yes, that's very, very true. And he was brought back, so why can't we bring James Dean back? No, we can't do that, Nolan. It's not. Honestly, allowed. I reckon
1: the industry is like only a couple years away from reviving dead actors like no. as full on leads. What, in in weird hologram form? What? It'll be someone who vaguely looks like them, and then they'll get some voice actor to do an impression. Oh dear. Oh dear. We need significant
0: legal written permission for things like that. Fortunately, this movie does not go into any sort of funny nonsense territory like that. Nolan, I very much enjoyed this little movie. It feels
1: like quite a slice-of-life movie. It's the one where I've been definitely the most engaged. It's just I think the pacing of this is excellent. Okay. Is that in terms of lately? Lately, because
0: we, you know, on on our episodes of the show, we seem to be on a bit of a
1: sci-fi kick. Yeah, and the pacing of those from, like, the 50s and that, tends to slow down a little bit, whereas this feels like it moves briskly along, it gets to the point, the main character is sympathetic. Spencer Tracy, oh my god, thank god he wasn't just an archetypal, standing-in-your-dreams conservative dad. I mean, he has some of those, like, daddy things about him, but, uh... I'm I'm sorry, Spencer Tracy has some daddy things about him. Oh, I would suggesting Spencer Tracy. Wow.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay
1: i mean let him talk this to version... me about fucking uh stuff that he did in the war and whatever
0: this version of spencer tracy early 50s spencer tracy you are sure someone you're into as opposed to early 40s spencer tracy i can believe early 40s spencer tracy more than aging silver-haired or white-haired really more specifically spencer tracy
1: it's just, I really liked that the way they took that character. Like, you could have easily just made the dad the villain of the story. But no, they go into like a really sympathetic view of like how he feels about the whole thing, and you completely get where he's coming from. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to think this
0: is kind of this is this is Ruth Gordon sort of writing her own father, and she clearly loved. Her dad. She she clearly was very understanding of her own father's, um, should we say, reluctance for her to become an actress because of the risk involved. You know, at the at that time in particular, the very early twentieth century, there's a big risk involved. There's no steady income there. It's a you know tough time. Your father obviously wants the best. Mm-hmm. for you in this sense but it's clear from this movie that she loved her father so much um you know obviously this being a, a stage play adaptation as well the stage plays what she produced um i'm not too sure how much she she may have had a hand in this particular movie to be honest but her story is one that i find really fascinating Because she became an actress for a little bit in the 30s, I think, and and the 40s. And then, well, disappeared, slash, blacklisted, slash, went on to do other things. And then came back in kind of a phase two of her movie career. Well, she went off, did, the, did some things on the stage. She was a great stage actress as well. There's a phenomenal video by uh, Be Kind Rewind, which is a YouTube channel that I know myself and Janine are a big fan of, that we tend to kind of... Sometimes we draw inspiration for movies we cover on this from that channel. Um, She did a wonderful, wonderful video on Ruth Gordon and her journey to getting... a. a an Oscar. She, she won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for Rosemary's Baby. So that was her phase two of her career, the late 60s, early 70s. She did Harold and Maud. So she's a lot of the time remembered as, a, as an older lady, actress. But there's that phase one of her career, um, which... This movie is obviously predates that because this is about her upbringing and her, you know, desire to, to become that actress, her falling in love with the stage, with performing, and you feel a hell of a lot of admiration for the journey that actors go on through watching this movie. You understand Spencer Tracy's point of view, you understand his kind of fear for his own daughter um but the movie does play him particularly um understandably so you don't just turn on him Mm -hmm. i mean it's easy to do that when you cast spencer tracy anyway because he's just such a likable person and he's always fun when we talk about him on the show you know um it's It's great casting to play a lovable dad because he's very, very good at playing lovable if slightly curmudgeonly fathers like Father of the Bride or even Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Spencer Tracy's very, very good at that kind of role. But yeah, there is a lot to love in this one. I suppose what I take away from it most though is that idea that it's just A really hopeful story following your dreams and we know that those dreams came well true ultimately for ruth gordon it's a very very happy hopeful movie and i really like that about it
1: i imagine you do too yeah very much so i really enjoyed this because of i mean ruth gordon was just the way the character ruth gordon is portrayed was so sympathetic like I just completely wanted her to get everything that she wanted because she seems like she's going at it from such a sort of I know I want to do this. And kind of there's kind of an innocence to her in a way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also had in mind that you may have wanted to watch this movie for a particular actor's, I think, first starring role in a movie, maybe. Yes, Mr. Uh, Anthony uh...
1: Perkins as the boyfriend.
0: Yeah, he was fun very different to the one movie we're used to seeing
1: him in Well, <laughs> no, that's what happened after ruth gordon rejected him he went on and became norman bates i see mate mate i mean it makes sense i did notice anthony perkins
0: was wearing a ridiculously tight collared shirt throughout most of the movie
1: he looked like he was suffocating himself it's oh, more ridiculous is people still wear those shirts These, maybe. I do not get polo shirts where the whole button has been done up to the top. It's tucked into some stupid chinos and it's usually covered in fucking beer stains. Do these people also have a mustache that is unkempt? Either an unkempt mustache or a really badly shaven head. (laughs) Anthony Perkins doesn't have
0: an unkempt mustache in this one. I think Anthony Perkins looks quite clean and prim and proper in he does. this movie, Nolan. What do you make of him in this one, though? It's he different
1: than what I'm used to seeing him as. Like, I I expected to be him to be, like, a very overbearing kind of boyfriend, you know, kind of more similar to Norman Bates, but he felt pretty level-headed for, like, a boyfriend of that era.
0: Yeah. You know, going through all the, all the little stages of courting Ruth Gordon. And Ruth mm-hmm. Gordon has to, you know, let him down. I'm talking, I'm talking as though Ruth Gordon's actually playing Ruth Gordon in this movie. Gene Simmons is playing Ruth Gordon in this movie. And whenever we talk about Gene Simmons, I always have to say, no, not that one. Because it's not absolutely that. not Mr. Ridiculously Long Tongue from Kiss. It's Gene Simmons, the delightful actress.
1: Who, who... plays the mother, I believe? No, she's Ruth Gordon. Oh. She's Ruth Gordon. Teresa Wright, is playing. I'm uh, just imagining her playing Gene Simmons from Kiss now.
0: No, how would that <laughs> work? How would Gene Simmons play Gene Simmons? Explain <laughs> this one to me, please. That would be
1: that would just be really funny. Like, uh, who's playing Gene Simmons in this biopic? Gene Simmons. You can imagine like a bunch of like uh, articles doing that.
0: I, I don't want to see that, Nolan. I don't. I don't want to see that at all. But what I would like to get is more of your feelings towards this particular movie. Yes, it is a hopeful movie. Yes, Spencer Tracy is particularly, wonderfully sympathetic as this father figure. But what do you get from this movie?
1: What do you feel from this movie? I feel uh, it's a very pro-Follow Your Dreams kind of movie, but also understand that dreams always have a cost whether that be financial or sort of an emotional cost because i mean i i mean i'm jumping i'm getting ahead of myself but at the very end here watching spencer tracy's character slowly come to terms with the idea that this is what his daughter wants to do and he doesn't want to stand in the way of it and he wants to help her but also he's got that really conservative mindset that he really knows what his he's got to make sure that he knows his daughter is going to be safe. It's that just feels really true to life and really inspiring to me that he still lets her go, like no matter what the cost is to him, and giving her the spyglass so that she can get money to live in New York. That was very heartwarming. Yeah, so I don't think this movie's cynical at all. If anything, it's very pro follow your dreams, but the most reali- realistic kind of way. It doesn't feel like a fairy tale.
0: No, absolutely
1: not. It's a it's a ridiculously naturalistic
0: movie really, which I I appreciated it for that definitely. And you are you are right it is not at all cynical. In that far fi- in those final scenes when yes, uh, Daddy Spencer as we may start to call him <laughs> according to you and your thoughts and feelings, um he's struggling financially really bad at the you know end point of this movie he's lost his job even because he's kind of gone off on his boss um after 20 years of working where he's worked and he's been fired from his job so he's got he can't pull together this money to send ruth gordon away um to new york to become an actress obviously this causes a little bit of tension at the end but like you say, he he realises that this is what his daughter wants and he doesn't want her to resent him for the rest of her life. It's not what any father wants, surely. So he does, he, he gives her that spyglass. he sends her on her way. He makes sure she has all she can have and he makes sure he does all that he can feasibly do. To help her, that he's a very, very while at the while at the same time, like you said, making sure she is safe. I think he's a he's an excellent father figure in this movie, really, and just a very watchable one. And all the time, like I said, he plays this similar kind of role in things like Father of the Bride and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. But he's so enjoyable to watch as a little bit of a grump. He can play just just a touch grumpy, so so well. He's got good range, Spencer Tracy, admittedly, but he really does feel at home when he's playing this slightly crotchety father figure. Mm-hmm. I could watch him all day in these kind of roles. I really could. Um, Teresa Wright, on the other hand, as as um, you know, Mrs. Gordon. Annie, I think her name is, um, is very much on Ruth's side. She's very kind of much, uh, much more willing from the get go to see her daughter succeed. To do all she can for her to to kind of egg her on to asking her father for things and telling her father what she wants. In truth so i like her for that as well it like you said before it, it's a very very hopeful movie it's not at all a cynical movie i just like how you get that straight away from you know her mother you you know they very much feel on the same page right from the start
1: mm-hmm. a, a really a really
0: positive parental movie i think as well which which
1: is nice because like how many movies have you seen with a similar premise where they just make the parents the bad guys well yeah and it's almost a kind of we have
0: to escape from our close-minded small town and into our big city way of life doesn't necessarily have to be an actress or an actor type of thing or a performer type of thing it could be anything
1: like, I do feel like uh, Lady Bird almost fell into that trap. Absolutely. 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 Uh, it is quite similar
0: in that way. It is... I mean, it's, it's quite similar, but in that opposite sense where Ladybird's very much an escape from your close-minded community into the life you want to lead. And... Yeah, and
1: I, I think... Uh... Ruth Gordon's character, and this is definitely more relatable, I think, than Lady Bird's character. Okay, it's like you kind of see that Lady Bird's, she's got good intentions, but she is kind of a brat who doesn't really understand like the costs of what her dreams would be.
0: Is this uh, is this a is this why this movie appealed to you, Nolan? Do you see yourself in Ruth Gordon?
1: Mm, a, a little bit. I used to be like that before I uh, decided I wanted to be a performer. You're not four foot ten, though. No, I'm not. Ruth but, Gordon was uh, a very
0: small woman. I don't know if she was four foot ten, but
1: she was very small. No, I'm not. But like, uh, even when I was like thinking about starting out doing stand up comedy, like I had to ask her advice and weigh out what the pros and cons of it being would be. And uh, my dad gave me a lot of great advice for it, so like I can see a lot of my comedy journey in this movie. I see. I like. Do you know what I like that?
0: This movie, it spoke to you, Nolan. It spoke to you,
1: and I, I, I like that a lot. Especially because I've been told my whole life that uh, autistic people don't get humor. Like that was one of my biggest fears of like going to try stand up for the first time. And now, a couple of months later, I'm getting reviews from the stand saying my perspective is very refreshing. Did you receive
0: a? gift to send you on your way to the big city
1: no just the uh unless you count my uh, university money <laughs> yeah
0: is that a gift
1: <laughs> i would hope so i fucking was denied it for three years
0: well that then that therefore is a gift um i'm i'm just now picturing you in 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 this movie. You are very hopeful person. You don't strike. me. You've never struck me as a hopeful individual, Nolan. You've always come across as a deeply cynical person. Um. So I just like how. Oh, I like you, how you well, saw you yourself. Did, you are, you, are you turning sweet on me, Nolan?
1: You didn't see me when I was like seventeen and wide eyed. Like you, you, well, seemed, you knew me in my twenties. Whereas, like I'd seen this shit and I knew exactly like how hard and competitive a lot of all these industries were
0: well has this is this hope and, and dream of performing always existed then
1: definitely ever since i was like um, 12 years old i've always wanted to do it okay i didn't know what way it would take sometimes it's been a musician sometimes it's been acting sometimes it's been video essayist and now it's comedian and out of who all those where com- it will go out of all of them, I'd say Comedian is the one that's been the most rewarding.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you're doing well with it, but who knows where it will go? We have to go on this free-flowing path. Don't mm-hmm. know where the destination will be, you know, and Ruth Gordon Also, uh, spill the, the tea a little bit be. here.
1: Comedy is nowhere near as gatekeepy as the film YouTuber community is. The film...
0: Um, the film YouTuber community in is gatekeeper in what sense?
1: I feel like they've kind of decided who are the top video essayists now, and no one's really getting in. Is this all because I mentioned Be Kind Rewind before and her brilliant Uh, Be Kind Rewind is great, but just I feel like there's not really a demand for like, film commentary as much as there was a couple of years ago. So it's, like, near on impossible to stand out in that industry. Landscapes change. You've just got to do what you do yourself. Stay true to yourself. And and now I'm I'm actually glad it's pivoted from film YouTubing. I've now found a bunch of music video essayists that I honestly find way more interesting and way more thoughtful commentary than just the... 10 videos you get as soon as a marvel movie drops talking about the same fucking points about marvel movies i feel like you're it's become kind of it's become kind of hacky now i feel like you're hating on our own youtube channel no 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 no. we we do it because we love it and we're not looking to be like oh let's do this for the views and make sure we get all the views and shit we do it for the love of it that is very true that is very true um, and even then, us talking about those movies is just us having a conversation. We're not like narrating or a a hit piece on like fucking Marvel stuff. Because let's let's be honest, the way Marvel makes movies is never going to change. No, I, uh, I, I, we narrate things on old movies that
0: deserve to be seen and deserve. Yeah, to be we're, we like the underdogs. We we do, we do tend to like the underdogs, and Which is why we still haven't done the Jaws sequel. Never. Something that I do find particularly interesting about this movie, though, it relates to Anthony Perkins and the fact that it's obviously his, his debut starring role, is that he should have... There's no right for him to have ever been in this movie because he was a stock actor used to test lines on set. And they just decided when somebody didn't turn up to just use Anthony
1: Perkins.
0: And then Anthony Perkins became Anthony Perkins.
1: That is quite a... That feels like a very Hollywood origin story. A ridiculously I would almost want Hollywood. To see, I almost want to see the Anthony Perkins biopic now. A ridiculously Hollywood story. I also appreciate how
0: this is a George Cucor movie. And I love George Cucor. And I find him a fascinating fascinating director and this just feels like quite a departure from what we've we're most used to seeing him from although if i remember right the last spencer tracy movie that was covered on this show was uh dr jekyll mr hyde 1941 did George Cucor direct Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde 1941 with Spencer Tracy? Now, George Cucor was a fan of Spencer Tracy, yes. But did he? Because that is... am I If I'm remembering that right, then Mr. Cucor does very much have range. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he didn't. He was Victor Fleming. Oh, well, I've made myself look like an idiot. Anyway... He does, but this movie feels like something different. I think it's because it's kind of it, it's smaller scale, it's kind of it's quieter, it's ridiculously breezy to watch. Like you said before, the pacing in it, it's really impeccable, really. It's a very, very breezy movie. But it's not like a a, a witty common a witty comedy. It's not a big musical. It's no, not these uh, things that Kukor is most famous for. It's, a dramedy. It's a dramedy and a and a biopic dramedy. At yeah, that, kind of, kind
1: of like the big sick in a way. Oh well, aside from the illness plotline, <laughs> no, inside like the very like human feeling that story has.
0: Yes, tonally, I suppose so. It gets it gets into your emotions. A hundred percent it does. Um it makes it fills your heart with joy. And these are the kind of movies that are strangely underwatched given the fact that you know, this is a big name Hollywood director, big name actors in it, but you feel like this is an underwatched movie, an underappreciated movie. Um while it may not be phenomenally standout, and it may not be doing anything hugely interesting or influential from a filmmaking point or from, a, from an acting point even, it not only does it, it, it do, do the job it sets out to do, it's a feel-good movie. But it does have the interesting aspect to it is its story of being, you know, uh, uh, Ruth Gordon's actual younger life. And this is in the early 50s. You know, this is 1953 when this is coming out. This is when Ruth Gordon's not doing movies. It's when she's finished her, her phase one of her movie career, as I'm going to say. And he's years away. She took like a 15-year break or something like that from actually making a movie. Um, or it was 15 years. Well, I say break, there's reasons. But she there was about 15 years, I think 15 to 20 years between oh her making movies. Um, and, and encapsulated the entirety of the 50s. So it's it's really interesting that this movie came out at this time, and I know it was the play, but it's kind of, it's almost shining a light on an actress that we may have forgotten about. You know, the public may have seen her a few years ago. Oh, yes, I remember Ruth Gordon. She was in those movies from five or six years ago, few times. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What's this movie that's actually about her? I'm sure I've seen some newspaper article about her doing stage work now. She's a little bit all over the place. I just like that... I like that we can get that. I want... I would love to see more movies like this that are little hopeful pieces about half-forgotten performers in any sense. Because there's so many actors, actresses, filmmakers, creatives in any sense that are underseen and underappreciated that it's fun to see, it would be fun or it would be more interesting to see a snippet of their life in a movie like this rather than an Elvis movie for example because everybody knows about Elvis what about some other little performer from, from the rockabilly era of the 50s you know that we don't know too much about but I, might have I thought, an I thought you were going to say like story. lesser
1: known rock star for like you want the Beck biopic
0: well no but let's something like that something like that it might still be a very very interesting story But just because, and you know, cast your big names. This movie did huge names at the time were in this movie. Huge director directed this movie about an actress who at that point had done not her, not what would, not the movie she would be most remembered for, which obviously came when she was older in the late 60s, early 70s, when she won the Oscar but it's it's just i would be more interested in seeing more movies like this rather than your big name biopics i think this is this is where you were uh, you asked also, me before about biopics and it's where i tend to fall on that genre is i'm I also, just i know about big name people i want to know about
1: smaller people you know I also like the idea of doing a sort of biopic but making the biopic character like a supporting character like I I watched this one called London Town recently where it's technically you could look at it as a biopic about The Clash but it doesn't follow Joey Strummer or The Clash it follows a kid who hears their music and just is inspired to change his life and take control of his life through it and Joy Strummer's like a supporting character in it. He's played by Jonathan Rhys-Meyers. It's pretty good. Okay. I like that. I, I like the idea also of like uh, putting the fans of the person who they would have inspired as like the focus of the biopic rather than... I mean, like if you wanted to know about the origin of the clash, you could watch a documentary.
0: Yeah. So this is what I think. You want, You want interesting takes to your movies about real people and this to me is an interesting take on that subject Mm -hmm. you know on on its own subject it's before she ever became an actress it is simply her fighting to fulfill her dream of going to new york and being on the stage and we never see her in new york or on the stage in this movie we just get glimpses of her watching actresses watching performers you know falling in love with them and talking about them with her friends just being enamored by performers and we just get that sense constantly throughout watching this movie it's not a long movie either it's a a brisk 90 minutes but we just are are bombarded with this positive energy Mm -hmm. this hopefulness that is the biggest takeaway of the movie for me, and I, I, I just like that. I just very much like that, and I do like that idea of making fans of your biopic subject matter the lead of that biopic, because it do, and you know, and t- almost telling their story through a fan. Um. It's and it's it's interesting that way. It's definitely I'd definitely be more interested in seeing things like that than straight up biopics because oftentimes straight up biopics are very biased one way or the other. They either, you know, human beings are neither wholly good or wholly bad, and biopics are, are often presented as you were a hero or you were a villain mm. it's only gr- it's only good when there's you know the gray areas that actually are explored in a meaningful way and, and a true to life way that's why i like ray with jamie fox
1: I it doesn't the hold line back, with uh, phoenix
0: yeah they don't they don't you know gloss over things and i think it's something that you know something like bohemian
1: rhapsody did do a little bit yeah bohemian i mean rami Malik is great as freddy but i do feel that movie glossed over a lot of the more interesting parts of freddy's life just to make it about queen yeah and it's it's what i I, fear... I get why it's successful that way because people like queen but
0: yes of course
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i mean you look you've seen this elvis movie does it do does it gloss over things to do with elvis cuz no,
1: i'd say it go- i didn't really know that much about elvis's life before seeing it i'd say it goes to like the darkest moments of his life shows him as not this kind of guy that we remember your parents listening to on record but Kind of the first ever punk rock of his era, because like what he did for his music was—I didn't know this about him. Like I didn't realize that his music would have been considered like immoral for his time, or what he did oh, on yeah. stage was considered immoral, and that was what really impressed me about it. Okay, does it does it actually talk at, at any length
0: about Elvis um and his relationship with? Uh, black artists,
1: it, not it like does, romantic it does, relationships,
0: yeah. but musical relationships. Yeah, it does. It
1: shows him like going to a lot of those places and like the industry's view on those artists, as opposed to Elvis just saw them as the people he was inspired by. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Credit to the Elvis movie.
0: Why not? He's still not making me want to go and sit through two hours of Austin
1: Butler's face. To be honest, right by the end, he you buy him as Elvis. Like I, I didn't see Austin Butler anymore. I saw Elvis Presley. I'm sure
0: you do, but Elvis has a nice face until you get, until it's the seventies. Elvis doesn't have a nice face in the seventies. No one don't don't become seventies Elvis. Fifties Elvis. That's what you want.
1: If anything, the Elvis movie is more of a cautionary tale kind of biopic rather than okay. like a big, oh, uh, here's why this person was so great. It shows mm-hmm. you how scummy the music industry was at that time. Fair enough. I I will hold my hands up there. Whereas this, this fair enough. This story, I mean, I suppose, can't really show the Hollywood industry because it's all about no, no it's not. To yet. it.
0: It's not there yet. You you almost want a second Ruth Gordon biopic that actually explores her time as an actress rather than just before it. Do you reckon there'd um, be enough demand to do something like that now? No, because and all you need all you need is like I said, all you need is that Be kind rewind video to go and watch that. People, all you need is that. That's your Ruth Gordon biopic. Nobody but nobody wants to. And this is the problem, really, isn't it? People only will fund and go and see big-name biopics. They don't care about biopics of little people, even though they sometimes would be more interesting or more worth seeing than generic fare that is structured so obviously... It's untrue. Like I said, this is a slice-of-life movie. This has not got a particularly enormous plot to it. This is just a series of internal battles
1: and a hell of a lot of hope being presented on screen. Did you enjoy Spencer Tracy trying to tell Ruth and her friends about his old war stories like three times?
0: Yes, I did. I because I, I like it when I, I like it when Spencer Tracy gets a little bit annoyed and starts to shout and starts to kind of throw throw things around and hit things and I also really like Spencer Tracy trying to speak on the telephone for the first time and shouting his loudest down it mm-hmm. because he doesn't he doesn't like telephones he doesn't trust telephones he doesn't want one in the house but they get one and he's trying to speak down it. I, I will always love watching Spencer Tracy and think Spencer Tracy is an incredible actor and one of my favourites from this time, 100%. Was he nominated for this movie? Because I feel he should have been. No, although I did see that it was actually no It was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, but I think it was a costume Oscar.
1: Not That's quite an, an odd no- award to give it.
0: Yeah. Nominated for Best Costume Design. Yeah.
1: I feel Spencer Tracy definitely should have got a nomination. His performance is excellent.
0: It is, but I mean, like I say, it's it's the kind of performance he's good at and I think he's actually... He plays a... I think probably more notable version of this character in both Father of the Bride and particularly Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, but he just he does play this role particularly well. We can't just give every actor who plays their role well an Oscar nomination. Sometimes it's just a good performance. good work. Sometimes it's just good work, not your best. Far from your worst, good, solid work. I think that can be said from everybody in this movie, might not be the absolute best movie you've ever seen ever, Mm. but boy, if it doesn't do the job, make you feel really warm inside, put a smile on your face and hope in your heart. And we all need hope in our hearts, Nolan, because there's no hope in the world. We need hope in our hearts. This movie will give it. So latch on to this movie and movies like it. Easy. I think in
1: it October 2023, that will decide my hope on the world. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Nolan, do you have anything
0: else you would like to say about the actress from 1953?
1: I think this movie is great for all the dreamers out there, and I've seen your Twitter feeds. I know you're all like that. Fucking give this a watch. Uh, get inspired. Uh, understand the cost of your dreams. This movie has all of that, plus an incredible Spencer Tracy performance, and from Gene Simmons, not the one from Kiss. Not the one but from Kiss. the incredible actress who played Ruth Gordon. And Also, I want to find out more about Ruth Gordon. I think I'm going to go down that, Ruth, and just see her... Uh, what her performances were like maybe if there's like a memoir or something i'll read that yes i'm i'm almost certain
0: she wrote a book (laughs) almost so if i'm if i'm remembering that particular video that i keep mentioning correctly there is a ruth gordon book so yeah it's a very interesting story as ruth gordon we should explore and i like that you i like that you want to do that now and i like that you chose this movie a a little bit of a detraction from what we've been talking about lately on the show ourselves nolan but a welcome one a welcome one very very welcome well it may be a short and sweet episode of it's a wonderful podcast but
1: have we reached our logical conclusion I think so. I mean, we don't want to make our episode longer than the movie itself. No, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, like those people who make six-hour commentaries about Force Awakens.
0: Where's that come? Where's that
1: bit? Of oh, that's just something I've from. seen. That's just something I've seen on YouTube. Six hours of commentary on every one of the uh, Star Wars movies that Disney made. That's that sounds fun. I mean, I
0: imagine those people are just delightful to be around really. Mm. I can't imagine what they have to talk about. Oh,
1: yeah. People uh, take uh. things so
0: seriously, Nolan.
1: Mhm. But I think that will probably leave my views on it. So what what would you say about this movie? All that I have said already gives you hope
0: in your heart. What more could you ask for?
1: I guess I need that more than you do right now. Possibly. Possibly.
0: <laughs> I also could do with a little bit of hope this movie give it to me and I appreciated it for that. A great movie that it was. A lovely little movie. The Actress. 1953 on this week's episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. It is not the only show we have on this podcast feed. We have Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday where Janine forces me to watch things I have not scene courtroom movies is our topic for the month of july this past wednesday was a time to kill we opened the series mm-hmm. um, and a very hard-hitting powerful dramatic courtroom movie um, i imagine you're gonna
1: get like maybe Aaron brokovich or something in there as well
0: no we are doing all kinds of craziness for these courtroom movies next week we have primal fear Oh, classic um, it's it's going to be exciting the courtroom movie series or oh, morgan hasn't seen that is every wednesday but every monday of course is monday madness with morgan and the machine as well our fun new show about anything and everything and um, that is also on youtube in full glory video format as well so subscribe Ding your notification bells on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel for Monday Madness, for the watch-alongs, for the live discussions, for the other fun videos we have there. And subscribe to this podcast feed. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. You can find uh, the show on Twitter at it's a wonderful one find me on twitter at the purple don with a 3 instead of the e in there because 3 is of course the magic number on instagram mm-hmm. at just the purple
1: don nolan all your hopeful things are not on my comedy accounts that's for sure <laughs> uh at NolanDean27 on Twitter, at uh, the Glasgow Kid on TikTok and Instagram. I've got a couple of shows coming up for the Fringe uh, that I'm preparing for and a couple others this month. And uh, if all goes well, I will be seeing you, my friend, mm. in Manchester on Monday for Beat ooh, the Frog. If you get the card to send me off stage, please don't put your hand up. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be sat in the back booing. That's <laughs> just the kind of person I am. Yes, and I do have a nice new bit that I am testing out. I'm not going to do it at Beat the Frog because it's new. am going to stick with the classics, but it's all about reading and bookstores. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, they're fun places.
0: What horrible things could you possibly have to say about bookstores, Nolan? I'm sure we are likely to hear them shortly if mm-hmm. one would like to stay around for Nolan's little fun at the end of the show we also do have the it's a wonderful podcast patreon that i didn't mention before if you would like to support us that way or through the donation link in the description we do not ask for those kind of things but we simply state they are there if you would like to do that kind of thing anyway i think that it is now about time for me to say thank you very much to you all, all of you wonderful people, I should say, for listening to this week's episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. On The Actress, 1953. Go and seek it out. Watch it. You'll enjoy yourself. You are absolutely guaranteed to. Until next time, guys, I will say goodbye and I will ask Nolan to talk about bookstores
1: apparently <laughs> I love reading man but I really hate readers people who want to let you know they've read something they've got a bookshelf full of classics in their gaff and a desperate attempt to make themselves seem more interesting and it's so dusty you feel like you need to add water to it that's a
0: that's that's a a dig on me that one isn't <laughs> it can tell
1: I've met a couple of these people in bookstores and they always try and start a conversation. So I'll be like in the horror section or something. And here comes this fucking prick plaid shirt, specky, always seems to smell of beard oil and overpriced cappuccinos. This is, yes, this is me. <laughs> He's got some daft name like Edge. The D is silent, but this dick won't shut up. <laughs> oh, dear. He'll peer over at me and be like, oh, I didn't like that. That's quite graphic. And I'll be like, aye, is that right? Anything you'd recommend, oh, wise one. And you know this is the moment he's been waiting for. He's there grinning like a kid who's just discovered Pornhub, but looks like he's more interested in reading the terms and conditions agreement. (laughs) (laughs) And he just says, uh, oh, I finished War and Peace. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for him to recommend it few seconds go by he's still staring i try and keep the conversation going because this prick's not fucking moving until i give him the approval he desperately seeks i go uh i war and peace that's that's quite a long book eh and he goes yes i read it in a day and i go oh you must have been a really good reader at school he takes a step back and announces that not only was he a good reader in school but he was the first one in his class to read pride and prejudice which I thought was ironic because he seems to have taken the wrong message from it. (laughs) (laughs) And I try and end this so I can go and pay. So I'm like, okay, did you like war and peace? And he goes, no, but I read it. (laughs) It's worse in comic book stores as well. Like at least edge has showered in some exotic gel made from fucking coconuts or something. (laughs) Nothing worse than when I go into a comic book store, and these Cheeto-fingered sweatboxes come up and tell me that they used to like the comic I'm holding before it became diverse. (laughs) And what they mean by that is that they've added a minority character, which, to me, doesn't make the existence of the story inherently diverse. I wouldn't call the story of Freddie Mercury particularly diverse. Didn't end well for him either. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Well done. Wow. That's a uh, that's a new bit that needs some more testing, but uh, that's the gist of it. Well, there we go. I might add Thank another J.K. J.K. Rowling joke into it. Why not? Always a good idea.
0: Always a good idea. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. Good